I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Welcome back to The Truth with Lisa Booth. President Trump called it the laptop from hell. It was right before the 2020 election. The New York Post reported about emails from Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter dropped the laptop off at a Delaware computer shop for repair in April of 2019, and he never picked it up. He never picked it up. The FBI later seized the laptop last year through a grand jury subpoena dating back to December 2019. So if you remember at the time, right before the election, big tech prevented people from sharing the New York Post reporting, sharing this information about Hunter Biden's emails right before an election. His dad was running for president. The media called it disinformation, Russian disinformation. Former intel officers and officials also tried to downplay it. They said it was Russian disinformation. So what was on it? What were they trying to hide? What were they trying to cover up? I'm discussing all of this today with the woman who literally wrote the book on it, Miranda Devine. She's a writer for the New York Post. She's a Fox News contributor, and she is the author of the book, Laptop from Hell, Hunter Biden, Big Tech, and the Dirty Secrets the President Tried to Hide. That's what we're talking about this week. Stay tuned. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, Miranda Devine, New York Post. Anytime I see her on Fox News, I always stop to listen to what she has to say. She's so smart, and she wrote this new book, the laptop from hell about Hunter Biden's emails, which everyone ignored. And now she wrote the book on it. Miranda, thanks so much for joining the show. I'm really excited about this conversation. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Lisa. Thanks for having me on. You know, so Miranda, let's start at the beginning. So so Hunter Biden, he dropped off his laptop at a Delaware computer store to be repaired. I think it was back in April 2019. He never went to go pick it back up. What happened from there? Well, the laptop um, uh, repair shop owner, a guy called John Paul MacIsaac, who really is a hero, an American hero, um, he, he sat on it for a while, but then he started watching the sort of impeachment proceedings or the beginnings of them and um, recognized some of the names on the laptop, such as Burisma, that corrupt energy company that was paying Hunter Biden $83,000 a month. And he thought, well, look, what's on this laptop may be actually quite explosive. It was now his property because after Hunter had failed to pick it up and pay his bill after three months, that's what the law said. So he called the FBI. And eventually, the FBI in December of 2019 came to pick it up. And then he heard nothing more. Um, He had the contents of the laptop on his computer server in his shop. And uh, as the impeachment proceedings wore on, he thought, I really need to tell somebody in the Republican Party that there is information that's relevant to what is happening to President Trump on this laptop belonging to Hunter Biden. So he started contacting various Republicans like Jim Jordan or you know, various congressmen that he thought would be useful, and none of them returned his emails. So he one night saw uh, Rudy Giuliani, who was then President Trump's lawyer. He saw him on Fox News, and he thought, I'll try him. So he found an email, sent an email explaining what he had, and... Uh, Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, Bob Costello, picked up the email and, unlike everybody else, recognized that this was an authentic piece of information that could help. So he got the hard drive, uh, which was a copy of the laptop, FedEx to his home in New York, and the rest is history. He and Rudy went through it forensically. Both of them, you know, former prosecutors, understand how to find crimes, how to sift through information forensically. Um, And what they saw really blew their minds. They realized that this was a big story. And they spent several weeks trying to authenticate the information, you know, verifying that this was legitimate. And, And then... Late one night, um, I think they'd almost given up uh, the sort of idea of getting it out into the public. It was three weeks be- <clears throat> before the, um, the before the election, and they had tried various ways of getting it um, out into the media. And then one night, I think as a last ditch effort, Bob Costello just sent me a text message with a whole lot of photos and information from the laptop, and uh, you know I spent quite a few hours talking to him and Rudy alerted my newspaper and the rest is history. And so I know the the FBI opened an investigation into Hunter Biden uh, in 2019 on suspicion of money laundering, right? Yes. Um, yes, money laundering. Uh, but there are a couple of different investigations. 
Yeah. So go, go through the investigations if you don't mind. And then were any of those connected to what was found on the laptop? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know if any of them are connected. Um, you know, all we know is that there are a number of investigations into Hunter Biden and his uncle Jim Biden, who is um, Joe Biden's younger brother, who was involved in this influence peddling scheme. Um, and he um, basically... Uh, there is money laundering allegations, there's tax evasion, and there's also a question over, um, you know, foreign dealings. And potentially, I think that would be uh, whether or not there was foreign agent registration violations, FARA violations, which caught up quite a few people <coughs> in the Trump um, orbit. So they're not, uh, they're, they're serious allegations. Um, but you know, we knew nothing about that before the election. It was only after the election that Hunter Biden put out a statement on his father's president-elect uh, letterhead saying that the, um, you know, he was under investigation for, uh, you know, tax issues. So uh, since then, we found out it's a bit more than that. But who knows where that will go? Uh, certainly, the FBI has the laptop, and there is a lot of evidence that if they care to look at it, um, would be very useful to any investigation. It, it sounded like you said Trump orbit. Did you mean Trump orbit or Biden orbit? No, the Trump orbit, because there were various people who, um, like I think Paul Manafort was one of them, who were uh, in trouble and charged with these foreign agent registration violations, not registering as a foreign agent if you are uh, helping uh, someone, you know, someone overseas, a foreigner, to lobby the government. What? Yep. And there's what? Well, there, but there's also like such an unequal application of it. It, it seems to only come into play when there's you know politics uh, involved. But uh, you know, it's like so many people are guilty of it. But you know, that goes under the radar. So the New York Post first ran the story on, I believe it was October fourteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, obviously, right before the election. I mean, there was this wide scale effort to discredit the Post's work. Did that surprise you that there was such an effort to, to discredit that initial story? What surprised us was that big tech weighed in. We expected that the New York Times and the Washington Post and all those, those media that were, you know, carrying water for Joe Biden, that were virulently anti-Donald Trump and, and wanted him to lose the election, we weren't surprised that they would ignore and kind of sneer at our reporting. But what was really shocking was when Facebook and Twitter weighed in and decided to censor our story, uh, Twitter locked our account, New York Post account for two weeks um, until a few days before the election. You know, this is the the oldest newspaper in America. It is the fourth largest by audience. So this was a serious um, violation, I guess, of, of free press to um, to have these big tech oligopolies um, decide that, um, you know, within a couple of hours of, of the newspaper going, of the story going live um, online, deciding that it was somehow suspect. Facebook said, oh, we're going to stop uh, spreading it um, because of, we're going to do a fact check, which they have never done um, because uh, I know that they have not contacted the other recipients of the emails that we reported on, which is the first thing that you would do if you were fact-checking. Um, and, and Twitter uh, accused us of violating their hacking um, materials policy. Um, there was nothing hacked about the laptop, and they admitted that. Um, Jack Dorsey admitted he was called before the Senate after the election, and he said, oh, it was a mistake to you know, shut down the New York Post, and we, we shouldn't have done it, and no, they didn't violate our hacked materials policy because there was nothing hacked about it. But then at the sort of... But the follow-up to that, which was really the killer blow to the story getting out into you know one half of America, was when John Brennan, the former CIA director, and uh, 50 other former intelligence or former defence uh, high officials uh, came out with this um, really scurrilous letter that they gave to Politico, which claimed that the laptop was Russian disinformation. In their expert opinion, having not looked at the laptop, they admit that in you know a, a paragraph deep in the letter, they haven't seen the laptop. They really can't prove, they have no evidence, but they just decided that it was Russian disinformation. It had all the hallmarks of that anyway. And, um, you know, that was really a propaganda uh, intervention. And it was very useful 
um, to Joe Biden because, for one thing, it, it was an excuse for the rest of the media not to cover the story. And for another, when Joe Biden went in a couple of days later to a debate against Donald Trump, and of course, President Trump decided to use the, the information in our stories uh, to, against Biden. And he said, they're saying you're a corrupt politician, Joe. What do you say about that? And Joe Biden then used the letter and he said, it's garbage what you're saying. Um, this We've had the intelligence community, these very eminent people have have declared that this is Russian disinformation and you're the one who's corrupt. So it was brilliant. I mean, it worked for him so well in that debate because that was the last that was spoken about uh, the, the really damaging information that we had published, which was an email from the laptop, which proved, well, it didn't prove, but it indicated at that point, now we have proof, but it indicated that Joe Biden had met with Hunter Biden's Ukrainian business partner, his benefactor, uh, in Washington, D.C. when he was vice president. And this at least required an explanation from Joe Biden about, you know, why he met with this person, did he meet with this person, um, and, and, you know, did he lie to the American people before the election when he said he knew nothing about his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. We know that that's not true now. Well, and now Hunter Biden's attorney said that the meeting did not happen. Do we know if, I mean, you know, I guess it's sort of, you know, irrelevant if he was going to meet with them anyways, but do we know if the meeting had happened or, or, or what ended up resulting with that? Yes, we do know the meeting happened. And, and even though Joe Biden's campaign said it did not, um, it did. And uh, we have um, evidence from the laptop of emails from Hunter Biden to business partners um, explaining, you know, the guest list for this dinner that he organized at Cafe Milano in Georgetown, specifically to introduce his father to his business associates from um, Russia, from Kazakhstan and from Ukraine. Uh, and um, the, the, the guest list um, promises to people in emails to guess that his father would be there um, and then follow up um, thank yous from people who were there um, saying thank you to Hunter. And one of those emails, as I said, was, was the one we found. We didn't know all the rest of it when we published that story before the election, but all everything that we found since just buttresses um, and affirms that original story. Um, and interestingly, although the White House never responded um, to any, any inquiries from me, um, the Washington Post decided to... I, I published the story about the Cafe Milano dinner in the New York Post in the summer, in, I think, June or July. And, um, and uh, then the Washington Post decided, having ignored the story, that they would fact-check my story. So they went to the White House and asked, um, you know, did Joe Biden go to this dinner? And they admitted, yes, he did. He did go to this dinner, but he only went very briefly, uh, just popped in, and it was not for any nefarious purposes. Oh, sure. Right. And that's, that's, that's very believable coming from someone who's a, a pathological liar, uh, such as Joe Biden, right? <laughs> you know, so I, what I find interesting is, okay, so the timing of that email regarding Burisma was also interesting because this was less than a year before uh, Joe Biden had the uh, prosecutor fired who was actually invest the Ukrainian prosecutor fired who was investigating Burisma, Burisma Holdings, which of course Hunter Biden was on the board for Biden uh, put pressure on Ukraine, threatening to withhold U.S. aid unless they fired this guy. You know, do we know, like, do we know how connected that firing or, or do we, is there proof of correlation between Joe Biden making foreign policy decisions to either protect Hunter Biden or in his benefit? Well, not directly, but what we do have is um, some very explicit um, emails from um, Hunter's um, Burisma handler, a guy called Vadim um, Bozarski, um, requiring for the $83,000 a month that Hunter was getting um, certain um, things to be done, such as important people sent over to Ukraine um, to sing the praises of Burisma 
um, and you know basically um, to to get Hunter and his partner Devon Archer um, to pull their strings, use their contacts to um, you know polish the reputation of Burisma and its owner, a guy called Nikolai Zlochevsky, um, who was under investigation. Now, um, just as Hunter and Devon Archer joined the Burisma board um, with no you know, absolutely no qualifications for it. Um, the owner of Burisma was under serious investigation. I mean, the British um, were, had, had launched investigation in conjunction with the FBI. In, this was an Interpol international investigation. Lachevsky's um, uh, bank accounts uh, with millions of dollars in them had been frozen in London. He was in trouble, and the Ukrainian uh, anti-corruption authorities also were targeting him. So um, that was, um, you know, why he hired um, the son of the vice president um, to join his board, because he was trying to get the authorities off his back. And so these explicit emails map out what's expected, what's required. Um, We don't know whether um, Hunter did, uh, you know, all of that. We do know that... um, that the most important uh, thing that was done for Burisma was that Joe Biden pushed President Poroshenko to fire Viktor Shokin, who was the chief prosecutor. And he was re- the president uh, was reluctant to do that. Um, there, are, there are phone calls recorded between him and Joe Biden in which he resists that. He says, well, there is no uh, corruption, um, you know, allegations around my prosecutor. And Joe Biden has gone out and he's told the world that, that um, this prosecutor was corrupt and that the reason he had to be fired was because he was not prosecuting corruption in Ukraine, which was the topic of Joe Biden's speeches every time he went to Kiev, which was often. Uh, He would go and he would make some airy speech talking about how corruption is a cancer to the soul of a democracy. And uh, ironically, at the very time that he was uh, pushing for this prosecutor to be fired, the prosecutor had an active investigation into Burisma and, in fact, a few days beforehand had um, seized the property, maybe a few weeks beforehand, had seized the property of the Burisma owner in Kiev. He'd seized um, plots of land, a couple of mansions, um, and his Rolls-Royce silver phantom car. So um, he he was actively going after Burisma and also he has since told um, Ukrainian media, hasn't got much coverage here, but he said that he was about to issue subpoenas for Hunter Biden and his partner Devin Archer. So um, I I don't understand why uh, media like the New York Times and the Washington Post reported that there was no investigation at the time going into Burisma, which is what Joe Biden was telling everybody. They just reported that without uh, doing any of their own investigations, which it's not hard to find. I mean, there were contemporaneous media reports in Ukraine and elsewhere in Europe saying, reporting on this raid into Zlochevsky's um, properties, the seizure of his assets. That was a big story. So um, I, I don't understand, you know, and then, then there are documents which show that that happened as well. But uh, I just don't understand why the media just swallowed Joe Biden's line. Um, you know, once you know that, that's certainly circumstantial evidence that Joe Biden was um, demanding the uh, firing of the prosecutor who was investigating his son's boss, basically. Well, it also underscores how unserious the media is, because all of this was blatantly staring at them in the face, including believing Joe Biden or not believing him. They probably knew he was lying, but at least pushing and, you know, pushing and peddling this propaganda lies from the Bidens. Because we when he said he didn't have any involvement with his son's business dealings, I mean, there's literally photos of him when he took his son on a trip back when he was vice president to China, shaking the hand of one of the business partners. And then lo and behold, a few days later, Hunter Biden gets this license approved in China that he had been trying to get approved for, for one of his deals. So it's like, we, we there's been evidence all along that Joe Biden did have involvement and his son did know about his son's overseas business dealings. Yet the media continued to peddle this lie that was just so blatantly a lie. 
it, it's incredible. I mean, there were media on that trip with Joe Biden when he took Hunter on Air Force Two to Beijing, uh, when he went to meet uh, President Xi Jinping and the high-ranking CCP officials. I mean, there were media there. Um, and it just seemed that, um, you know, I guess, you know, this willful naivety or gullibility from the media when it came to Democrats. Um, you know, you see it with the, the swallowing of the steel dossier, which on its face was ridiculous. It was just like some lurid, you know, spy novel, badly written. Um, but but they, they're quite happy to accept information that they are provided and not do any normal, apply any of the normal scepticism that journalism teaches you about everything that you're given, um, and uh, not, not do any due diligence. Um, and particularly that's egregious when you're not doing your due diligence on behalf of the American people on one of the two candidates for president. Um, they allowed Joe Biden to just get away scot-free um, pretending to be somebody that he wasn't. And I think that, you know, I think part of the disillusionment of Biden voters over the last year since he's been president has has been driven by the fact that he's not the person they thought he was. The, the blunders, the um, sort of callousness about Afghanistan, um, just the way he comports himself is not does not accord with the image that was projected of who he was. And that is... Yeah, that is the media's fault because there's no excuse. Pandemic is not an excuse. All this information was out there. We had published, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Um, it, it was wrong of the media to cover up for him and they're to blame for um, the predicament that America is in today. Well, no, I mean, I, I think Joe Biden's actually a terrible human being. He's a pathological liar, and him and his entire family are corrupt. And he uses the losses that he has suffered, which, of course, we all have empathy for, as a shield um, and protection as, you know, against being a terrible human being, which is what he is. And, and I think the big question for me is, you know, did he profit off of his son? And it's not just his son. It's his entire, you know, family's business dealings. Did he profit off of it? Because one of the other big sh- uh, bombshells we all know, and you know better than all, is that deal with China, a business arrangement with the Chinese company and members of the Biden family, including an equity split that was 20% for Hunter and then 10% for the big guy. We know Joe Biden was the big guy. Did he ever receive that cut? And are there other business deals that we know Joe Biden was at least supposed to profit off of or might have profited off of? Well, what we do know is um, there is evidence on the laptop of um, uh you know, Hunter Biden um, and Joe Biden having their finances mingled, so shared bank accounts, shared debit cards. Um, also, um, there's some evidence that Hunter was paying bills for his father, just sort of regular household bills like um, maintenance and upkeep on Joe's Delaware mansion, um, things like painting and um, rebuilding a retaining wall, um, fixing some shutters, um, you know, replacing the air conditioning on a, co- on a cottage on the property. You know, a few thousand here, a few thousand there. Um, and then also there's an AT&T bill that I found, a monthly one uh, that was Joe Biden's that Hunter was paying. And then there's also complaints from Hunter to various family members, um, you know, like his daughter, his aunt, that um, he was having to fund the rest of the family. You know, he had to go out and do these over overpaid, <laughs> you know, inflated salary um, grace and favor jobs that his father got him um, from his donors in Delaware. Uh, and he had to, to then foot the bills for the rest of the family. And um, there's one uh, text message in which he gripes to his daughter that, um, you know, you're lucky that because unlike me, you don't have to give half your salary to pop, pop being Joe Biden. And so that's sort of circumstantial, but there is some concrete evidence. And then there is, um, because the, the laptop's not enough. You need, um, I think of it as a jigsaw puzzle. And another part of the jigsaw puzzle comes from uh, Tony Bobulinski, who was Hunter's former business partner, uh, a patriot, an American hero, a successful businessman in his own right, a former naval veteran. Um, and he, um, he came out before the election at great personal risk to say, uh, he knew that Joe Biden was the big guy, that Joe Biden had met him twice 
uh, to vet him to be CEO of this joint venture with China, um, that Joe Biden was heavily involved orchestrating the patriarch of this uh, Biden influence peddling operation. And um, his material um, that I have, um, the contents of his phone, the WhatsApp messages, the the you know, documents, the emails, the text messages, they overlap with what's on the laptop, but they also um, buttress and augment it. And then there's another part of the jigsaw puzzle, which gives you some more financial insight. And that comes from um, Chuck Grasley and Ron Johnson's Senate inquiry into Hunter Biden and Burisma corruption. And that was a really good and thorough um, investigation and they again were traduced uh, by the Democrats and um, you know as as agents of the Kremlin peddling Russian disinformation which seems to be the sort of get out of jail free card for the Democrats anytime something you know untoward comes to light Um, but what the Johnson Grasley investigation um, found was these Treasury Department documents, which are suspicious activity reports that banks in America are required to file with the Treasury Department um, whenever there's money that's suspect from overseas coming into an American bank account. So whether it's from a sanctioned country like Russia or sanctioned individuals like these corrupt oligarchs uh, or China um, and you know, we saw from that that say there was $3.5 million came from Russian oligarch Elena Baturina came into um, a bank account associated with Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's partner. Um, and that's buttressed by emails and conversations on the laptop where Hunter Biden met Elena Baturina just a few weeks, I think three or four weeks after that uh, money came into the bank account, he went and met her at Lake Como um, at this beautiful, luxurious hotel that's a haven for, um, you know, corrupt oligarchs. Um, And there's other evidence that um, he and Devin Archer were trying to find deals for her, property deals in Chelsea and so on. Um, And then there's another tranche of money that um, that comes up on on these Treasury Department documents. just as one example, $6 million that came in from that company, CEFC, that you mentioned, uh, that the Bidens were doing a joint venture with China in. Um, and that $6 million that came into the bank account of another business partner of Hunter Biden's um, in America. So, um, you know, it, it, Hunter, it, it's funny because I, I look at Hunter's life in the nine years of this laptop and he was a a raging crack addict through a lot of it, uh, in and out of rehab Um, his personal life was a disaster Um, he would spend his time fighting with his ex-wife his his new lover which was his sister-in-law, his late brother's wife um, widow uh, and um, he, he, he would when he'd have prostitutes he'd hole up for weeks on end at the Chateau Marmont or other hotels um, he liked, liked to go to California for his benders um, and he'd have he, he even admitted in his own memoir um, that he called it an ant trail of drug dealers and prostitutes that would just swarm through his hotel room and uh, steal everything inside, including his phones, his wallet, um, you know, the towels. Um, they'd order Dom Perignon on room service. I mean, he spent tens of thousands of dollars every time he went on one of these vendors. Um, and so we know we've seen tens of millions of dollars come into his bank account um, and, uh, you know, his bank accounts or bank accounts associated with him, uh, with his business partners. And we also have documents um, on the laptop, you know, bank accounts. Uh, he, he photographed his statements um, and invoices for payments from Burisma and so on. And we also know that with Burisma, his, within weeks of Joe Biden, uh, the ending his term as vice president, um, Hunter Biden's payment from Burisma, uh, which was $83,000 a month, um, was cut in half. So it's obvious why he was being paid. But again, you know, there's a, there's a lot of smoke, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, um, and some of it's really quite compelling. But I think you need Tony Bobolinsky's own um, 
testimony, because he was right there in the middle of it, um, is really compelling. And he has handed over his material to the FBI. He uh, went and spoke to the FBI. He also uh, gave testimony to the Gravely Johnson um, inquiry. So there's ample evidence there for um, you know the authorities to do something, or at least the Republicans, uh, if they retake the House and the Senate, to um, launch their own inquiries. Quick commercial break. More with Miranda Devine on the laptop from hell. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. I mean, Miranda, what it sounds like to me is just your everyday wholesome American family. <laughs> I mean, they're just entirely corrupt. It's, it, it's like it's it's mind blowing that this doesn't get more attention and the media just seems to look the other way, particularly with what we went through with all of the lies trying to tie the Trumps to Russia when everything they accuse the Trumps of, the Bidens are guilty of. So it was just your classic case of projection. Also, wh- why would the Russians need disinformation when there is an abundance <laughs> of material for them to use against Hunter? Like I, I saw a-, a video, I think the Daily Mail reported on it, that uh, you know Hunter Biden was with the prostitute talking about how he went out with a bunch of uh, Russian drug dealers in Vegas and on a bender, and they stole another one of his laptops, which is the, the reportedly the third laptop that has gone missing of his. So it's like, I mean, what kind of information do you think the Russians, the Chinese, you know, really anyone else has on the Bidens just based off of these laptops that have gone missing alone? Well, yes. And, um, you know, as you said, three laptops. And uh, we know one of them he left behind at his psychiatrist's house in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And his psychiatrist, Keith Abloh, tried to get Hunter to come and pick it up. And he just never did. Same pattern. And so that he put that in a... Um, in a, in a safe and, uh, and eventually the DEA came and raided a nearby pharmacy and he was caught up in that raid even though he was never charged with anything uh, and never did anything wrong um, but they, the DEA actually 
um, took possession of that laptop. And um, I, I understand that that was given back to Hunter. Um, and then the laptop you mentioned about in Vegas, I mean, he admits this. He wakes up face down in this um, lap pool in this luxury penthouse suite in this hotel in Vegas. And, um, you know, he, he, obviously the drug dealers there thought he was dead, drowned, and he sort of comes to and, and looks around and sees, oh, they're just stealing everything, and they took one of his laptops. So, um, And he was worried about that because he's telling the prostitute in this video that, uh, well, you know, you don't understand. This is this is really um, quite concerning because my father is running for president, and uh, they could use this laptop as blackmail. And they know that I have gazillions of dollars. So um, there's that. And and you know, we also know that Hunter was travelling a lot overseas while he had a, a crack and a porn and a prostitute addiction. Really, for the amount of at time he did it, uh, he, he, he you know hired escorts. Um, he he was very vulnerable, and he would travel in to to Moscow and into Beijing and into Shanghai, and he was in the real inner sanctum of um, Vladimir Putin's allies, these corrupt oligarchs in Russia. Uh, he you know he one day he um, had a lunch at the State Department that his father organized um, when he was vice president with Xi Jinping from China. He got on a plane and flew to Moscow and had breakfast at the home of one of Vladimir Putin's closest oligarchs um, and then went on and had several other meetings. Um, and then he, it was the same in China. He was um, you know, being duchessed by uh, the very high, high up princelings of these elite families that, um, you know, have enormous amounts of money and control everything in China and, uh, you know, part of the CCP. And um, he would be, you know, taken to a private club in Shanghai and plied with, uh, you know, alcohol and drugs and beautiful women, um, according to various reports. And, um, he, you know, that, that puts him at a lot of risk. This is a vice president's son. And we know that the Secret Service was following him uh, for a lot of his travels. But he he ushered them away, called them off, said he didn't want to travel with them anymore um, at one stage. And, um, and, and, you know, he was in very dangerous positions uh, without Secret Service protection um, for any period. Uh, it's amazing that he survived because... You know, he almost drowned in Vegas. But what what on earth was going on in Moscow and in China? Very dangerous people he was surrounding himself with, putting himself at grave risk. And yet he always, it was as if he had a guardian angel looking over him. He always seemed to come out unscathed, whereas his various business partners were jailed, murdered, went missing. But Hunter seem to be okay and I can only surmise there's no evidence of it but I can only surmise that our American intelligence services were keeping an eye out for him they must have been uh, aware of what Hunter Biden was doing what the son of the vice president was doing even if he didn't have the, the secret service with him um, and you know they must have been able to get him out of scrapes get him out of dangerous situations, warn him off certain people who were really dangerous because there is some evidence of that. He was deep into one deal with this one princeling and then suddenly that person disappeared and someone else replaced him and eventually that original princeling um, was arrested and met a sticky end. So um, someone was looking after Hunter and uh, I, I think it's really reprehensible if the intelligence services did know what he was up to, that they allowed the vice president's son to be in such a position where he was compromising the vice president, um, at the very least, and compromising America's national security. And, and, you know, when you understand that one of these companies that uh, the Biden family was doing a joint venture with, CEFC, that Joe Biden met with Tony Bobulinski to vet him as the CEO of the joint venture, when you understand that CEFC is the capitalist arm of President Xi's Belt and Road Initiative, which is their imperialist push to basically colonize the world. Um, 
when you understand that, you can see just how damaging it is to America's national interest that the Biden family was involved with with the Chinese Communist Party in Belton Road. Um, that's the antithesis of America's national interest. And it really makes you wonder now when Joe Biden is so soft on President Xi, doesn't even ask in their four meetings about you know, the Wuhan lab and can we have access to it to find out the origins of COVID-19. doesn't even ask that question. Um, and when, when President Xi is so openly disrespectful of the President of the United States that after their last meeting, he sent warplanes to buzz Taiwan. Makes you wonder why Joe Biden is in such a weak position. And is it because of that relationship he and his family had with uh, President Xi's administration, with the CCP, with these business ventures that enriched them. Is Joe Biden compromised? Well, I, look, the circumstantial evidence is that yes. I mean, how can he not be when he and his family were doing business um, with the Chinese, uh, with the Belt and Road Initiative? I mean, they were doing work for the last two years of Joe Biden's vice presidency. Hunter and his partners were working on behalf of CEFC, Belt and Road, in countries overseas, whether it be Romania or Kazakhstan. Um, you know, they were, they were going and opening doors on behalf of CEFC using the Biden name. Um, they were buying, um, you know, things that were important. I mean, we know from another of Hunter's business deals um, that the New York Times, lo and behold, reported on um, this other company, BHR, that he had 10, has, well, I think still has, although they're saying that he doesn't, um, 10% of BHR. Um, BHR um, bought up um, all these cobalt mines in the Congo. And um, cobalt, of course, is you know, one of these crucial uh, materials that you need that are rare and that you need for, um, you know, battery power for, for electric cars and so on. Um, so um, there, there's a lot of um, deals and involvement in China's aggressive posture against America and its allies that the Bidens were involved in. And um, while they didn't get the, the money from the CFC deals that they were doing while Joe Biden was vice president, um, I'm told, and Tony Bobulinski certainly believes this, that the money was withheld until after he left office. And in fact, there's an interesting, um, there's a, a passage in the book um, where I have um, Hunter Biden is in New York and he's in a restaurant meeting with the number two guy at CFC a guy called Director Zhang, and he's pounding the table and he's saying, you owe my family $20 million for all the work that we did for you the last two years around the world. And uh, Director Zhang is, there was quite a few people at this meeting, Director Zhang had an entourage um, and uh, so did Hunter. And uh, Director Zhang's very impassive and very calm, but he's a senior official in the, Chinese Communist Party and uh, Hunter's partners who were there with him were really quite um, aghast because they, they thought, you know, you're really taking a lot of risks being so rude to this guy who could have you whacked any, any moment. Um, but Hunter got his money. Uh, the money did come through in dribs and drabs. Uh, later on, you can see evidence of that on the laptop and also in the uh, Johnson Grasley uh, inquiry documents. To what extent do we know China was involved in the 2020 election? Because we know they wanted Biden to win. We saw the night of the election when it looked like Trump was going to win. China's currency nosedived when it looked like Biden was going to win. It skyrocketed again. We know from Intel that China wanted uh, Biden to win. Do we, do we know to what extent they were involved in trying to shape the 2020 election? No, I, I have absolutely zero. There's there's nothing. I mean, the laptop finishes in April 2019. Um, there's just n nothing, nothing on there. Um, I I think. Um, I mean, I guess what's what's interesting. Um, the laptop ending in April 2019 is that it's almost like Hunter Biden was was trying to put the kibosh on his father's election prospects because it was only a few days later that. Joe Biden announced his candidacy. 
Um, so uh, Hunter, who, you know, hero worshipped his father, but also had ambivalent feelings towards him and had great anger towards him, especially around that time. Um, and Joe Biden spent a lot of time trying to uh, reach out to Hunter and get family members to reach out to him to, to sort of mollify him and get him to come back into the fold so that he wasn't going to be a loose cannon during the election campaign. Um, but I don't know if China tried to get involved. Um, I mean, look, we know that, you know, everyone overseas tries to interfere with, um, you know, send bots out into social media and so on. But I think the, the biggest inter intervention, election interference that I saw was the media. Um, it was John Brennan with his letter. It was big tech censoring the story. It, you know, if we know from um, some polls that were done after the election, Media Research Centre found that um, almost half of Biden voters um, did not know about the scandal of the laptop and they did not know that Hunter Biden was under investigation. And what's more, one in 10 of them, if they had known, would have changed their vote. And in an election that was decided on 400 and, uh, sorry, 45,000 votes across a handful of battleground states, that would have made a material difference. It could have changed the outcome. That is direct election interference. No, it really is. And, and it's not just Hunter Biden. You know, how extensive is it within the Biden family of people trying to cash in on uh, Biden's last name? <laughs> well, it, they're just a bunch of grifters. You know, you, you look at it, it. This has been going on since the beginning of Joe Biden's Senate career when he was 30 years old. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he's in this unique position where... A, he suffered this immense tragedy, which no one would take away from him. His wife uh, and his baby daughter were killed in a car crash. Um, Hunter Biden and his older brother, Bo, were both badly injured. Hunter got brain injuries and Bo had some broken legs. Um, and they were in hospital for some time. And Joe Biden came and... Um, you know, had a photograph taken of him being sworn in uh, next to his, you know, motherless boy's bedside. And that tugged at the heartstrings of America. And he's used it uh, in his campaign materials ever since. It's really been his magic ticket um, to, uh, you know, higher office. And, and it also allowed him, when he first joined the Senate, uh, you know, he left his boys and went on to do this very important job. And he was um, taken under the wing by some older Dixiecrats, let's say. And they um, shoehorned him into um, really powerful positions um, in the Senate, on the Senate chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, the chairman of the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee. This gave him immense power uh, back in Delaware, especially because... Delaware, this other unique aspect of Joe Biden's career is that Delaware is, it's called the, you know, America's Liechtenstein, like the, the Virgin Islands. It's really a tax haven. This is why so many corporations um, are incorporated there because it has, um, you know, hardly any transparency um, and there, then it's got, you know, good tax um, incentives. And so Joe Biden was able to do favours for various companies headquartered in Delaware. And they were his donors. Uh, and they also, um, you know, helped him get housing cheaply. You know, he has always, he, he calls himself the poorest man in Congress and wears that as a badge of honor. Um, but in fact, he lives uh, like a billionaire. He lives in the most, uh, you know, has always lived in the most beautiful mansions um, and dresses in fine clothes and, um, you know, ha has a lifestyle that is very unusual for someone who makes a senator's salary. And uh, he, he was able to get grace and favor jobs from his donors um, for Hunter, but also for you know, nieces and nephews and, and siblings, um, the entire Biden family has had this life of entitlement. Uh, every door is open to them. Every Ivy League college, um, you know, jobs, government sinecures, uh, you know, help if they get into 
um, you know, have have some spot of bother with the police that seems to be um, smoothed over. I know. I mean, I've I've had conversations with um, police in Delaware and they were really happy that I was writing this book because they felt that the Bidens had gotten away with blue murder for decades. And uh, I think there's resentment in some quarters in Delaware for the way that the Bidens rule the roost there and live these these lives of luxury and entitlement. And really, it's it's just a story of grifting. And Joe Biden has done, you know, he's a sort of a Tammany Hall politician. He's very good at one-on-ones, charming people, um, or used to be. And, uh, and I guess it's all about relationships. And he internationalized that sort of influence peddling uh, operation to um, the rest of the world when he became vice president. And it's very well recognized as a way of doing business in, in third world countries or in countries like China. So when Joe Biden arrived on Air Force Two with Hunter Biden, that was very clear a message to Chinese eyes that this was American power come to do private business because that's the way they do it. The princelings are the offspring, the relatives of the people in power in China and the top of the CCP. And it's the, the, the offspring, the, the siblings, the family members who get paid the bribes, not the CCP member, not, not you know, President Xi Jinping. It's the family members. And that's exactly how they recognize that the Bidens were doing business. And before we go, what was your biggest takeaway in writing and researching for this book? Look, I think on a personal level, it, it gave me an insight into Joe Biden's character. Uh, and I, I, I guess the, the thing I always came back to was what kind of a father puts his drug-addicted son in, in such temptation, puts him in front of these gushing torrents of unaccountable cash, makes him your bag man. He, Hunter wanted to be an artist. He wanted to be a writer. Um, he'd suffered this great tragedy in the beginning of his life. Um, he was a troubled soul. And he writes in his own memoir that it was the Burisma money, and he described it, I think, as like funny money, because he was getting it for nothing, you know, $83,000 a month. And he said that was really what was the sort of straw that broke the camel's back of any willpower he was trying to exert over his addictions. And he really fell off the wagon. And Joe Biden knew that. Why would he put his son under such stress? Uh, he, he makes out he's this great family man, but he does that to his own son. And it really, um, it's, it's a chilling thought. That gives us a lot to think about. Miranda Devine, Laptop from Hell, amazing work, such a fan of yours, so much respect. Thank you so much for joining the show. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks so much, Lisa, and, and the feelings mutual. I want to thank Miranda Devine again for such an interesting interview. Go out and get her book. She's awesome. I want to thank you guys at home for listening. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. I love reading those. Uh, and I, I know I love seeing the reviews as well. So you can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Lisa Marie Booth. I want to thank our team producer, John Cassio, and executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker New Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 network and team. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.